0: Hello Gaming Intelligentsia. Before we start today's podcast, here is a message from our sponsor. The Agamenex podcast is made possible with the support from our sponsors at Pragmatic Solutions, leaders in intelligent platform technology. The Pragmatic Solutions player account management platform is an incredibly powerful technology stack for today's gaming business. Their modern modular platform provides all the core services to power your business and their SaaS licensing model allows you to reduce cost and accelerate your strategic goals. Enterprise technology with decades of operational know-how at scale built in. Upgrade your business to the Pragmatic Solutions PAM platform. Visit www.pragmatic.solutions to arrange a platform demo. And now, here, is today's podcast future trends deep insights industry leaders this is the iGaming next podcast with your host Pierre Lindt Today the topic is uh, how to win in the year 2030. We are going to try to predict the future. That is uh, uh, something that many have tried and failed, others have succeeded. So let's see how we will do, because this will be recorded and published forever. So we, if we don't get this right, we will be punished uh, badly for this. But. Uh, Before we start, uh, Sachi, we know each other well, obviously, but uh, our audience, uh, who perhaps is not so familiar with with yourself, do you want to start with just a brief introduction?
1: Yes, thank you. So uh, I'm Sachi. I'm in the gaming industry for the last, uh, let's say, 12 years. Um, The first four years, I've been uh, working for a a Playtech company. Um, And in the last eight years, I joined Aspire Global. And uh, since then, I am uh, the CEO of uh, the group. And uh, throughout time, we succeeded uh, taking the company also uh, to IPO in uh, Sweden. And we are based mainly in Malta, but not only. Also in uh, Kiev and uh, Israel and uh, some other places also uh, soon to be uh, operated.
0: Brilliant! It's uh, it's really nice to to have you with us here, Charlie. So, to kick things off, um, the topic that we are discussing today, how to win in 2030, I think it's um, uh, it's an interesting topic because the industry is kind of at crossroads at the moment. It's uh, it feels very much like uh, there's um, there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of stigma let's say in the industry at the moment um there's uh this overregulation from certain markets um uh, obviously uh, that uh, martin discussed earlier the spain is now today gonna to say that they are now banning kind of sport advertisements for uh for for gaming um, operators and uh, as we know um, the uk sweden lithuania uh, many many um, countries are, are putting harsher restrictions. So, um, how would you say? First of all, before we get to 2030, uh, and before, and how to how to win, so to say, how do we get through these challenges that feels very pressing right now?
1: It's a good point because sometimes it's very difficult to look for 2030 before we understand what we have now or what will happen tomorrow. Because usually. In this industry, you don't care about four years from now, you want to gain profit now, revenues tomorrow. And uh, this is, in most companies, this is where the decision is being made, what will happen tomorrow. And also it's uh, connected to the very good conversation that you had last week with uh, Robin, with the Gray Markets, because this is exactly the challenge that uh, you mentioned. Where to go in this path If to go to the gray markets and to gain the revenues and the profit tomorrow um, or to go into other places that we can discuss now and prepare ourselves for 2030. Uh, but in the beginning, is just to understand as a company where you want to be in 2030 because now there are a lot of challenges. All the time we will have challenges, really all the time the question is how to base your decisions if uh, on the challenges now to solve them or what will be the challenges in 10 years from now and to solve it already
0: yeah and the the previous panel had a had a good point on this uh, when uh, when we t- talked about the kind of regulated market and things they say uh, that uh, you have to be financially strong as an organization to to operate in uh, the white markets and in the re- in the regulated markets to be able to have this mindset. Um, do you agree as well, of that um, the grey markets are for the kind of the smaller operators who are thinking more short term, and uh, the the only way to operate uh, in in white markets will be through consolidation, through uh, through kind of economic muscle, so to say. Yes,
1: and and it's only the beginning because. Uh in every market that it will be regulated so in the first two or three years we will see a hit on the companies that are operating because uh, the regulator needs to learn a little bit the operators all the suppliers so it's like a learning curve but uh, again the understanding that in 2030 you don't have any other way gray markets doesn't matter how you we look at it, they are going to be less and less and less uh, unregulated markets. It's the natural flow of things. We can fight it as much as we can. We can try and have this gray market today and this gray market tomorrow and it's okay for the next two, three years. but it will not be for a very long time.
0: So so, as we as we as more and more markets become white and um, obviously we are seeing kind of almost like a battle at the moment between the um, regulators who can be the toughest at the moment and no one wants to be weaker than the other. So when Sweden implements, you know, strict deposit limits, now the UK are discussing through the same thing and it becomes kind of like a snowball effect. So. Um, with this in mind what uh, role do you think that the trade associations have in all of this and do you think that um, they will be able to do meaningful lobbying towards the uh, regulators and politicians
1: it might, maybe it will be a, a meaningful lobbying uh, you know in the in the course of uh, of things in each and every regulation but it's a very uh, temporary uh, thing because Again, it's, it's, uh, it's part of the curve that we will have in every market. So yes, we are a little bit uh, surprised or uh, shocked from what the Swedish regulated uh, market did and uh, some changes in the UK market. Uh, but after, let's say in three, three, four years from now, it will probably be stable. And uh, every new regulated market will have, again, those two, three years of adjustment. Uh, but if the state of mind mm. of a company will now be built towards those heavyweight tax markets or a lot of str- restrictions on uh, uh, the operators and on players, so if we have this state of mind, that this is how it mm. will look like in 10 years from now. Um, so there are a lot of things that can be done now in order to uh, – Get it through, because yeah. we will not be able to fight in the lobby. Okay, so we will win one checkbox, two checkboxes, but it's not the real thing. Mm. Uh,
0: no, you're, you're saying kind of the the bigger question here is that uh, the industry needs to accept that uh, player protection and the, the the regulators will be very very tough as we as we go forward, and and it's um, very very difficult to stop this this kind of train that is moving in, in a certain direction. Like
1: any other industry, we will be able to lobby it and to try to soften it or to uh, take it through and to take it together with the regulator. But the direction is clear, the trend is clear, and uh, we will need to uh, adjust. You know, I will give you one example. Uh, today, in the recruitment, for example, Today, most of the companies, they are recruiting uh, employees where they have offices. But in 2030, oh, and we see it now with the COVID as a trigger, it's not relevant. Europe or the world will be one continent where you will look for quality people in order to manage your company. So it's a different state of mind. So if you will know to start and build your company now, to be a little bit thinner, a little bit more uh, lean in the operation, you will be able to have better structure in 10 years from now. And this is the direction. I will give you another example. Mm. Um, We saw the consolidation between uh, NetEnt and uh, Evolution. Because more and more markets at the end will be regulated, it means a lot of heavyweight taxed, and the uh, other uh, things that are affecting the PL. So, companies will probably be, they will need to own some products. So, I think that in order to be ready for 2030, companies will want to own more and more of the products instead of buying it from someone else, or in addition to buying it from someone else, they will want to have it uh, on their own in order to uh, cost save. And to be able to deal with it, you know, Netent is a very profitable, strong company. Evolution, the same. So why to consolidate? They are doing what it should be done uh, in order to win the next, uh, you know, uh, generation, uh, because it cannot be for long.
0: Um, yeah. So, so do you think that the same goes for the? Um- uh, operators as well. When it comes to um, uh, owning product, let's say, would, uh, would there be room for the operators to to start making acquisition in the um, in the uh, game production space as well?
1: Yes, you know, we started seeing small steps towards that uh, three four years ago. We saw big operators um, buying acquiring the engine or the games from the big content providers. So they have their own dedicated games. This was the first step. The second step, we saw it with Leo Vegas. They bought uh, an esports company. Um, we know that Mr. Green also did the same uh, step and also had a uh, great relationship with uh, Green Jade games. So there is those, uh, there are those steps we see drafting. It's a pure B2C. Why to buy this uh, sport platform and to own it when they can just have it as a supplier? So it's the beginning and you want to have more and more of it uh, in order to prepare to, the, uh, to those challenges that it's just the beginning of the challenges. We are in the regulated markets for the last three, four years. Not more than that, maybe five. Uh, and again, I'm not against gray. don't get me wrong. It's good it's very very strong cash flow but it's not something that if you want to win 2030 you cannot base your strategy on gray markets I think so
0: yeah that's that's interesting so if you are a mid-sized operator um and you you perhaps uh, you don't have the same economic muscles to, uh, as the uh, as the giants do you see do you see any way to um to persevere through through this period of uh, heavy regulation or is, uh, is consolidation the only way?
1: It's not the only way because those medium level operators, they will probably be faster in being thinner. They will be faster with uh, adopting new technology that will allow them probably deal with some of the amendments and changes uh, in those markets in the future. They will probably do it faster than uh, big operators, and if they will gain some uh, advantage out of it, so then they can be part of the consolidation from the buying side. Uh, so it's not uh, you know for granted that all the small medium will be bought out, uh, but they have their way to gain faster growth through uh, adjusting their business uh, faster, and it's a must. You know, technologies today. To enter a regulated market today is very heavy. You need to spend a few months in order to certify your platform for any regulated market and also to maintain it after. So if companies will go to a much better technology, we'll be able to do so in a few years from now very uh, fast.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Uh, we have two comments uh, here as well so far from, uh, uh, from Katerina who's saying um, maybe, change, maybe change the mindset a bit and embrace the regulations to one's advantage. Being a pioneer of change has its benefits. I think that's what you're echoing a this little bit as well. Chaterina. Exactly.
1: Because mm-hmm. we don't have any other way. We can close our eyes and say, no, no regulation. Let's go to black, to um, gray. And then we are living in a chase. Where will be our next market? Because we know that there is uh, this watch of, uh, you know, a sand watch of two three years until this market, gray market will become black. Now, do you want to operate in a black market? Depends who you are and what are the risks. Mm. So the, the level, the, the amount of uh, gray markets for sure will decrease in 10, 15 years time, for sure. Mm. And, uh,
0: it's exactly yeah, this. Exactly. It. Yeah, and uh, I see uh, Carl Davis Barrett, uh, actually um, uh, one of our lovely speakers at is 2019, it's nice to see you here, Carl. He's uh, echoing a similar uh, perspective as well, which is the, the winners will be the ones who can drive towards where the puck is going versus those chasing it. Okay? Regulations will always be a force to adjust to, but it should not be the focus. Operators need to ensure that they are focusing on innovative and disruptive uh, differentiation, basically. Exactly. Um, yeah, and um, so in all of this, uh, so uh, my own, you know, humble analysis of, of uh, what is happening at the moment is, um, since about since about two years back, there's been a heavy focus on on uh, compliance. Um, affordability checks and and um, AML and KYC and things like this and it feels to me that from operator side they have um, they have lost the the ability to innovate due to the heavy work that is required to stay compliant these days. Uh, What do you think Jassi in terms of compliance tools and things like that do you think it is a key as well to to the future to be able to kind of automate a lot of these um, uh, checks to be able to be more innovative again or how do you how do you see innovation how can we spark innovation this in is
1: exactly this is exactly the point why what what uh, you are touching right now because the compliance all of a sudden most of the companies needed to recruit 20 30 40 50 employees only to monitor compliance all the documentation and everything and this is only because of the requirements for regulation. But if we will understand that this is how it is, so if we will be able to create an automated tools, features to spend time on that, so three years from now, two years from now, five years from now, once this will be automated, you can be very uh, efficient in the business because you understand that every regulated market, this will be the direction. It will be, it's a fact. We cannot fight it. It's a fact. So we need to change our state of mind and understand. Let's find the right time and focus, not to, you know, to to have only compliance in our day to day. But we need to we need to have this attention. If we don't want to be surprised and to chase after our revenues, um, we, we need to plan it. We need to put it in our you know, foresee future.
0: Yes. And um, another point to this, uh, when, when it comes to kind of economic muscles and investing for the future, I think is the big dragon that we have around the corner, which is the uh, the US uh, market that is on everyone's lips at the moment, it's been for years. And we've seen certain organizations, GIG be one of them, I would, I would say, who has heavily invested in the US market, um, but it hasn't been paying dividends uh, yet. And one could argue that that uh, has affected GIG as an organization negatively. Um, What would would be your predictions on the US market? And do you think that investing at this stage is the right way to go? And is this also one of the keys to success in 2030, this market? Uh, For sure,
1: 2030, the US is a crucial market already now. And uh, it's, a, it's a nice question because when we went to public three years ago uh, and a lot of companies already started their uh, initial steps in the U.S., so investors asked us, okay, so why aren't you going to the U.S.? And uh, we mentioned that the U.S. is so big and complex. It's a different market than the European market that we don't want to change our focus from the European market right now. And we will join the second and third wave of the US market because in the first wave, there is huge investment in companies. Some of them will succeed. Most of them will not, a lot of investment. Payment back will be just in a few years time. And of course, because it's the beginning, there will be a lot of uh, uh, disappointments In the US market. So, we want to join the US market on the second or third wave when companies are looking for a new uh, partner to engage in the US market. So, this was out of a strategy not to join in the first wave.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. U.S. being a huge market, of course, and and being able to break into the U.S. Uh, is uh, incredibly expensive. I mean, uh, to to get brand visibility and brand recognition, uh, you know, one Super Bowl ad is two million dollars. That's thirty seconds of our time yeah. as an as an example. And we, as an industry, do you think we are there yet? I mean, the the giants kind of flutter, and these type of giants. Do you think that they would? Um, want to be in that first wave and and kind of create this this brand recognition through the US when the market opens?
1: I think that most of them started, we see GVC and we see Bet365. But you see, Bet365 is a great, great example. Bet365 are there and they are not in the top five or top ten operators in the US market. And outside of the US, it's clear to everyone that Bet365 is probably the biggest operator in the world. So you might think that they will be the biggest, but they're not. There is DraftKings the Draft and uh, yeah. others that are pretty much familiar to the U.S. market, multi-state recognition with the brands. And the newcomers from Europe, nobody in the U.S. knows them, and especially not in all the states. So even if they will succeed in one state, it's another a challenge and investment in another state, in another state, once you have DraftKings, they are being familiar with the same brand all over. So it's, mm-hmm. it's much more difficult for the big operators also to uh, grab the first five uh, positions.
0: This is a good point, I think. And and um, I think, would you agree with uh, that DraftKings are in the pole position at the moment to succeed? In the U.S. market, they obviously made a great decision with SP Tech preparing the proper uh, sports book and so forth. Uh, would you say that they are the, in the front runner right now? Yes,
1: mainly because they already have before the regulation. They already have database of around 100 or 150 million players playing their games, regardless of the regulation. So once you are moving into the regulation, you are just switching it on. And you are there, you are already from day one, grabbing 50% of uh, the market. So it's a different ball game to win DraftKings in the the US.
0: Yeah, they they have an incredible position at the moment, of course, and they they are well well aware of that, obviously. Um, So what would you say, uh, Chachi, in the year 2030, now predicting how the markets uh, will, will look like, what would, you, what would you compare? How do you think the European markets uh, will look like, Asia, US? Which, which markets will be more and less important, do you say? Obviously, all markets are important, but do you think some will be growing more than others?
1: So I think that the, the companies that uh, will want to win 2030 in the right, sustainable way, will try to make the right adjustment for Europe and the US market and probably Latin America because it's being regulated market after market in Latin America. And I think that those companies that today will decide that the regulated markets are not for them, will invest today in the Asian market, if it's India, if it's Japan, or the African markets, which today is not in the top of mind of uh, companies. Uh, and this will be a temporary uh, path. But uh, I think that it starts today, where you want to be in 2030. And then the one that wants gray and black will go to Asia or Africa. The one that wants the white and sustainable will go to the US, Latin America, and Europe.
0: Mm. And the... Uh- Okay we only have 4 minutes left but I have so many things I want to ask you Sashi but um I, another perspective in this perhaps when we see uh, operators going into uh, going into gray or black markets right now is um, a new implementation that the Netherlands are trying to do which is this cool down period which basically states that now as Netherlands are regulating if you want to apply for a license in the in the Netherlands you you can only do so if you have not offered any Gambling activity in that region for the last 32 months, um, meaning that uh, some operators will be shut out from being able to uh, apply for a license. Now, this might be challenging court, so um, uh, we have to see how that uh, plays out. But do you think uh, that uh, those kind of, um, uh, those kind of precautions also is something that you need to think about? As a, as a major organization, as we go into the future to be careful to operate in those markets.
1: Yes, and I think it was uh, very clear to the companies that uh, understand and value this uh, market. So we are now already 18 or 20 months after this announcement of uh, being uh, free for uh, 32 months. So we are already more than halfway for that. And uh, that regulated market is not going to open in January uh, 2021, maybe in April or July next year. So by just opening it, already 24, 30 months passed. Mm. So if companies receive those uh, uh, freeze in order to enter, so it will be maybe two, three, four months uh, to go in. And we know that two, three months, four months is not crucial in order Mm. to grab market share in a European Mm -hmm. market. So it's not uh, um, a deal breaker for operators to go into the Dutch market.
0: Yeah, true. Okay, uh, before we we start rounding off, uh, I have another perspective that I think is interesting to talk to as well, which now, now we have been talking we had a heavy focus on the, uh, on the regulatory market side to you know accept that one of the keys to success in 2030 is to accept the new landscape um, uh, regulatory wise and, and where the industry is moving. Uh, but um, technology wise, um, what do you think? Uh, the, this plays a role in terms of em- emerging technology. Do you think? Um, uh, what do you see on the horizon? So to say, do you think? Uh, do you think uh, that uh, plays a part as well in the success? Uh, of the of the future in twenty thirty. For sure.
1: If I will need to summarize three things or four things that you need to do. One of them, of course, is the technology to go into this uh, AI technology and the infrastructure and to do a lot of things automated. This is one thing. Second, you want to be big. So you want to acquire volume and other operators in order to be able to sustain in 2030. Third You want to acquire and consolidate products, as we said before, in order to be able also to cost save. And uh, last but not least, we need to be able to be lean, thin with uh, employees that you can manage uh, around the globe. Um, And this is something that if we will implement, um, it's not easy. But we start structuring it now. I think it will be a good horizon.
0: Yes. Thank you so much, I have one last question for you. Mm-hmm. Where will Chelsea my mom be in 2030?
1: Uh-huh. I hope I would be a teacher in one of uh, my uh, schools when I uh, was a child. This is where I want <laughs> <going> to be.
0: <laughs> that's that's a, that's a perfect. I, I like it. Yes, go go back to back to basics. Yeah. Um, Shashi, it's uh, always really interesting to talk to you. I I really appreciate that you take your time today and 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 joining us. Um, it's been really interesting to to read the comments here as well. I saw we had a few more. Uh, I'm sorry, Katharina, we didn't have time to take off your question. Um, Peter Paul de Choy here is actually here. Uh, it's the the um, the um, uh, Dutch Trade Association. Um, uh, how do you say the the head of the Dutch trade association, he is commenting on Netherlands, actually interesting to see you here, Peter, well, that you must, you must have abstained of targeting Dutch consumer for 32 months prior to our application, only passively having Dutch consumers is not the problem under the draft policy, okay, thanks for clarifying that, and also one last comment from Bogdan, he's saying that he's echoing what we talked about before about um, brand awareness in the us uh, flutter and DraftKings currently are the front runners in the market and for the european companies to compete with them will not be easy bet365 have burned over 20 million dollars in marketing or uh, what we like to say 10 super bowl commercials <laughs> <laughs> um, and they are pretty much unknown clients in the us don't know what unibet is even if kindred is present there or mention B65, if you don't have a truck filled with money ready to burn in for a brand awareness campaign, you should strongly consider entering the, the US market. Brand awareness plays a lot of uh plays a crucial part, obviously, for the, U- the US consumers. So so yes, echoing what we what we spoke about before it uh particularly draft has has a major advantage in, in that market. Um, that's it for today, everybody. And, and uh, like I said, uh, Chachi, uh, really, really nice to see you again. Um, I hope we can see each other in person. And the uh, same goes for everyone else uh, here who is watching. It would be lovely to to see you guys in person soon again. Uh, but that concludes the the second weekly Agami Next Power Hour. Next week, we are back again, Friday, 3 p.m. Stronger and better than uh, uh, ever before again. So. Guys, thank you so much. Have a lovely Friday afternoon and have a great weekend ahead. From sunny Malta, I wish you a good day. This fruitful discussion has been brought to you by our sponsors, Pragmatic Solutions, leaders in intelligent platform technology. Is your business struggling to keep up with the development demands on your current gaming platform? Well, then it's time to upgrade to the Pragmatic Solutions PAM platform, multi-tenant, multi-currency, multi-regional, API-based, rule engine automated, regulation ready. It's all here, out of the box. Smart businesses leverage Pragmatic SaaS model and license powerful modern technology for a fraction of the cost of in-house development. Upgrade your business to the Pragmatic Solutions PAM platform. Visit www.pragmatic.solutions to arrange a platform demo. Stay safe and take care.